Last week's parables, if you remember them, were for Jesus' opponents. This week's parables are meant for his disciples. The link, if you will, between the third parable of last week's series and this week's one parable is the squandering of possessions. Last week, the younger son squandered what would have been inheritance after grievously insulting his father. Today, a steward or manager squanders what he is responsible for managing and is caught in the act. Luke makes explicit in this parable the question that he thinks everyone should ask themselves in the midst of a crisis, regardless of its origin. The steward asks himself, what shall I do? It's quite clear, but not explicitly mentioned, that the profligate son last week asked himself this question. After coming to his senses and acknowledging to himself that he had insulted his father and squandered what he had been given, he comes up with a clear plan of action. He will return to his father, acknowledge his wickedness, and ask for the mercy of being treated like a servant. Of course, we know that the father barely gives him the opportunity to get the words out of his mouth before lavishing extravagant mercy and love on him. In this week's parable, the steward squanders the mastered possession in the same way that the younger son squandered what would have been his inheritance. It's the same verb. And just like that third parable last week, it was the squandering of possessions which brought about this crisis and the need for a decision. And like the younger son in last week's parable, the dishonest steward acts decisively and quickly. The steward's action of reducing the amounts is unclear. There are at least two possible interpretations. First, the steward is reducing the amount of the principal. So if that's the case, he is truly treating his, cheating his master more. He is reducing the amount that is owed to him. And so in addition to the unspecified squandering that he's already done, he's now cheating his master for even more. Another possible interpretation is that he's removing his cut, his percentage, if you will, for acting as the middleman in this transaction. If that's the case, he's not causing his master any further loss, and it seems that he is generating goodwill for himself that he can use after he gets fired. It's interesting to note that the steward, when calling the master's debtor in, tells them to rewrite their bills quickly. This certainly does suggest some shady dealings. But again, it's not certain. He could be just as likely wanting to be seen 
by these creditors as taking away his cut so that he can then go back to them later and call in this favor. What is clear, but is often hard for us to set aside, is that Jesus is praising the action of the steward. He's completely leaving aside any comment on the legality or morality of what he's doing. So, in other words, he doesn't fall on one interpretation or another. He praises the steward for having the qualities of a good steward, a good manager, that he responds to a crisis quickly and appropriately. And it's this quality of responsiveness that Jesus is praising. Throughout our lives, all of us face crises, great and small. Some are of our own making. Others are of other people's making. Some are earth-shattering and have repercussions for the rest of our life. Some just leave us with a nasty scar. In the case of the parables of the prodigal son and the dishonest steward, the crisis was the result of their own bad decisions, the squandering of material goods. And on reflecting on their situations, both men took bold and decisive action. The younger son last week is received with mind-blowing love and generosity just as he gets that speech out of his mouth. The, here, and I think, is the, or no, sorry, then that the steward is also being praised this week for acting quickly and decisively. And I think here is the point, is that when we find ourselves in crisis, regardless of its origin, the important thing is to find a good course of action. We, knew, we do need to take time and reflect, as St. Luke suggests, on what shall I do, but not stop there, to go then and do it. Last week's parable teaches us that God is always ready to forgive, no matter how horrendous our sin. Indeed, when God sees us coming from a long way off, he's already charging toward us, ready to throw his arms around us and kiss us. This week's parable teaches us that God will praise us for using our, what today we would call our life skills, well and appropriately in the situation that we find ourselves. Hopefully we can be like the younger son in last week's parable and that we come to our senses in the midst of the banquet of the consequences of our own actions. But even if we get caught in the act, like this week's dishonest steward was, there is still hope. The father in last week's parable is the master in this week's parable. Jesus is teaching that no matter how we got to the crisis, no matter how we got to the situation, God wants us back, and he wants us close 
to his heart. It doesn't matter to God ultimately that we squandered what he gave us. God is concerned not so much about getting a return on his investment, if you will, but he's concerned about us, his beloved children. Whether the movement of return is started by our coming to our senses or having our hands slapped, where we're going is the same. The Father's house, where there is more joy over one, one repentant sinner than 99 who had no need of repentance.